It's time for Caught on Tape with Doug Murin. And now your host, Doug Murin. Hey, greetings. Glad you could join us today. Today we're going to talk about the uh, a, a very interesting topic, talking about the, the fear of loss and how about the fear of losing can paralyze your life. Uh, it's a message I shared a, a while back, but it has a great deal of pertinence today. Uh, and as you as you listen today, let me let me kind of review what we are doing as what we call the Mirren Group, which is a, basically a group of people who team with me, and we deal with only evangelism topics. Some of my friends have wanted me to get into helping them do, deal with church growth projects and different things. But we we you know since I'm back on my feet and, th- and moving as quickly as I can, I. I, I just feel we are about evangelism, which is basically how to share Jesus with people who don't know him yet. And so uh, today's message even even plays into that, how the fear of loss can even keep people from, from God. But if you'd like to have us come to an event or you hear of an open door, we're kind of collecting them now. And you know what? We don't care how big or small the setting is. And we have no set fees. I mean, it costs something to get us there and back. But uh, if you if you have interest, you can get a hold of us by going to our website. Just go to DougMirrenRadio.com. DougMirrenRadio.com. And there's a little spot there where you can uh, get a hold of us and say, hey, we'd love to have you come. If you'd like to sponsor us financially and help us with airtime, you can do that also right there at the website. And this month, for those who choose to help us financially, we're going to send you a study Bible put out by LifeNet that I highly endorse. It's a great study Bible. And I would love to send that to you. But again, go to our website or send a gift of any size to 1806 Fifth Street, Wenatchee, W-E-N-A-T-C-H-E-E, Washington, 98801. Send that. I'll get the book out to you. Again, that's 1806 Fifth Street, Wenatchee, Washington. I think you're going to enjoy the show today. I know I really believe the fear of loss is one of the most crippling aspects of our life that Jesus wants to free us from. God bless you, and I'll join you later. There's something in our heart when we see someone face deep deep loss and face life courageously. There's something in every one of us when able to observe that that says, aha, there's something holy about this. There's something holy about human loss. We know that. There's something not just annoying about suffering. There's something holy about it. We don't know how to articulate it. And outside of Christ, we scramble for answers. But we are all taken back and in awe when we see someone lose deeply yet move on courageously. And I once again had it affirmed in my heart that this is going to be an important series. We're going to use the story of Job to learn about how to face loss and how loss is a gift from God. This week we're going to begin with overcoming the fear of loss. Next week we're going to talk about gains that come because of loss. And finally, we're going to talk about Romans 5 and the benefits of loss our last week. I'm convinced of this, that there's probably nothing that determines who we are in life any more than how we react and respond to the losses that come all our way. One thing is certain. Every one of us will lose someone or something in life. That's the way it's wired. Is that right? 
You're not going to escape it. I don't care who you are. You're going to experience loss. Two, we all know that loss, all loss is painful. All loss is painful. Everyone experiences loss, and all loss is painful. And that's hard for we Americans, because we are the culture that is committed to not just hedonism, but utter painlessness. We medicate ourselves with billions and billions of dollars to get rid of pain. We buy chemicals, we buy things, distractions and diversions, but pain is painful, and by the way, according to scriptures, desirable. We're going to find at the end of this series that great people become great through their loss and suffering. That small people stay small by avoiding or facing incompletely their losses. Thirdly, we're going to find that if we experience grief and we let it get out of control on us, we could destroy our happiness and health if we don't get this lost thing down solid. Seriously, if we don't get it down and realize how it could affect us, we're going to, we could be really damaged. Fourth, we're going to realize that you can have a satisfying life after loss. I did some research and I found out an interesting thing. The number one fear in America right now for male Americans, the number one fear, anybody want to take a guess at what it is? Fear of loss, but what are they afraid of? Hair loss? <laughs> I've got to sit down and think about that. I, uh, no, it's not hair loss, it's close though. Death is number three. Yeah, losing your job. Losing your job. Huh. Hey, hair loss is two. <laughs> loss of a job. It is. And then the same article, they had interviewed people who had lost their jobs, and the vast majority of them said the fear of losing it was worse than actually losing the job. That in fact, it had become one of the greatest things that had ever happened to them. I thought that was an interesting chunk of research. Well, so it leads me to my final point, the point we're going to address today. I'm convinced that the fear of loss can cause more damage and is more painful than the loss itself. And so we want to overcome today the fear of loss. I've counseled hundreds and hundreds of people and prayed with a lot of people and observed a lot of decisions. And I've, dis I've, I've come to this conclusion that very, very few of us chart the course of our life. Now, this is going to be the most important thing I say all morning. Everything else is going to circle around it. Very, very few of us chart the course of our life deliberately. Very few of us, very few of us, with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, make life-course-setting decisions deliberately led by the power of His Spirit. Very few of us, the vast majority of us, make most of our decisions and are forced into decision-making by the tyrannical fears that lurk within us. Some of us marry the people we do based on fear. It's too late. You've done it. And that's the way it is. 
A lot of us choose our vocations based on fears rather than vocational guidance. A lot of us make major decisions from the sheer subliminal, subconscious pressure of fear. And fear always destroys. And we are to be people who make decisions deliberately led by Christ and not on the basis of fear at all. In fact, the Bible says that once you get to know God and His love, an amazing thing happens. 1 John 4, 8. Let's try and I'll repeat it. It's in the Bible. That means for those of you who don't know what in the world, I just said 1 John 4, 8. What's that? Code? You know, it's a, it's a, it's a book in the Bible. 4 chapter and verse 18. It says this. Perfect love casts out one half of all fear so you only have half to contend with. What's it say? Perfect love casts out all fear. Right now, we expend incredible emotional energies worrying about what we might lose. Right now, there are marriages in this room. There are marriages in this room experiencing chaos and pain, and some are in the brink of non-existence because of jealousy or clinging, or suffocating relationships because one or the other fears loss. There are children rebelling against their parents right now in this room because the parents won't let them grow up. It's a fear of loss. Some of us right now are performing poorly on the job. Right now, the creative juices are stymied because we are no longer performing out of joy. We're no longer performing out of confidence, but we are performing defensively to keep our job, and we're in danger. The joy and zest of life have just totally gone out of it because we're driven by our fears. In fact, I read an article that said it's interesting that entrepreneurial people often are in trouble when they establish a new idea or a new business Initially, they have nothing to lose, so their creative juices get going. And it's a tragic, it's a terrible point when an entrepreneur all at once wakes up one day and realizes what he can lose, or she can lose. And when he or she begins then to live to keep on what they've creatively produced, that's when they begin to hit decline. It's a fear of law. Again, you're listening to a message I gave a while back called Overcoming the Fear of Loss. I've, I've found... As you're listening, I'm sure you've picked up on it too. The fear of stuff sometimes is worse than the reality itself. And so uh, it's it's a wonderful thing to be able to share that with people. Now, he, you can share this message. I've I have had a friend get a hold of me and say, "Hey, I wish my I wish my son had listened to this or my dad." And you know, you can listen to all our shows at Krista Radio. And the actual website you can hear the shows on is kcisradio.com. KCIS Radio. You go there, and you can hear every show we've done on here. And uh, I know people are listening all over the country. In fact, I had a friend in Australia who's been listening to them. Every show I've ever done is is on that site, and you can listen to it. Or you can go to my website, DougMurinRadio.com, DougMurinRadio.com. And you can also join in to the, with what is becoming a, a good group of people supporting us, helping us do a number of things besides the radio and different outreaches. We're about evangelism. 
One of the things I'm beginning to do is actually gather together young evangelists and help them get their ministry careers going. That's one of the things we're doing with the Murin Group. And so you can be part of uh, not just helping me, but helping start a movement of evangelism. Because I'll tell you what, there's not enough evangelism going on out there. So enjoy the show today. We'd love to hear from you. And I will send you that Bible if you can give to help us. God bless you. And now back to more Caught on Tape with Doug Murin. There's a book in the Bible. Turn with me, Job 1, if you have a Bible. If you don't, don't worry about it. The guy the other way... Uh, someone was sitting next to me, started flipping through the Bible. I said, the book of Hebrews. And he flipped and flipped, flipped and finally, after a number of minutes, I heard these pages. He, his wife leaned over and said, did you find it yet? And he says, not in this one. Uh, the, the, Job is in this one. It's, in the, it's right before Psalms. If you can't find it or you don't have a Bible, don't worry about it at all. I think I've told you a story. I, when I came to the Lord, I didn't even know where you bought a Bible. In fact, your Bible's on all the walls right here. You can pick them up. I didn't know where to go. So I went to the Bible bookstore, and I bought a Bible. The first Bible I bought was a white one. And I came to church, and I noticed that only the women had white ones. All the women and me had a white one. And, you know, I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not a chauvinist or anything, but I, I didn't want to be the only guy with a woman's Bible. So <laughs> then I got a blue one. And uh, it took me a while to figure this out. But these are red. They're, they're uh, unisex Bibles. And so either one can use those. So, free to have one. The book of Job is a book that will help us through this series. Because it answers this question. It answers this question, why good people suffer and lose? The question is, why do good people lose and suffer. In this case, not just a mildly good person, but the finest person on all of the planet at the point God wanted to teach this lesson, a guy named Job. He was the most righteous, the smartest, most famous, the best man on the planet. And God takes everything he has from it. That's what the story's about. And we learn why we lose. And not only why we lose, but how to thrive through loss. We also learn a bit about what is known philosophically as the problem of suffering and pain, which I'll talk a little bit about next week. In chapter 1, we get the drama basically set for us. In chapter 1, we find out somewhat of a biography of this man named Job. We get a little bit of insight into God's stature, and God's true character. We also learn a great deal about Satan's task and motive and his stature and limitations. But if you'll turn with me, if you have a Bible, if not, just listen. In the third chapter, which is about the time that Job finally cracks and gets mad at his three friends... He gives us some insight as to what's going on in his heart. We get a little insight into his psychological makeup or state of mind when this whole scene begins to work in his life that we'll look at chapter 1. It says right here, in verse 25, Job says, What I feared has come upon me, and what I dreaded has happened to me. I have no peace, no quietness, and I have no rest, but only turmoil. Back to chapter 1, verse 1. 
In the land of Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job. Now, Uz is not a suburb of Oz. Oz is probably somewhere around the Mesopotamian area. I, who knows when this man lived? Uh, some of the people I read said he lived at the same time as Abram. We don't know. But it is a real place and he is a real man. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. So we get a little insight. He is avoiding evil. He's blameless. He loves God. He shuns evil. But inside, he's dreading and fearing the loss. And we're going to find out later, not the loss of things, but the loss of his stature, his identity, his integrity. Now in chapter 1, we learn in verse 2 that he's a guy who also has seven sons. He has three daughters. He owns 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels. And I guess that's a blessing. <laughs> 500 oxen and 500 donkeys and they had a large number of servants. And look, get this phrase here. If you've got a Bible, listen to this. This is impressive. He was the greatest man among all the people of the East. We're talking a pretty major individual. And he's going to become an object lesson as to how to lose. Now, the Bible says that one day God was interviewing the angels of heaven and they were presenting themselves to him at his throne. And Satan came into the throne room. Satan means destroyer. He's a rebellious angel. He's the origination, we learn from Job, is the point of origination of all evil. The Bible teaches very accurately and has the most reasonable explanation where evil comes from. It comes from personified evil in the form of one known as Satan. And he comes into the presence of God and God says, where have you been? Suggesting the tone and language and all that he's a renegade angel. He says, I've been going to and fro through all the earth. Peter the Apostle, centuries later, will say that that is his task always. He goes to and fro through the whole earth seeking whom he can devour. And God says an interesting thing. The picture we're to get here is that God is in control. He is sovereign. Nothing is out of his control nor his purview. Not even Satan and certainly not Job. The suggestion is that your and my life is not fatalistically ordered, but is lovingly and sovereignly directed and overseen. He says to Satan, he says, well, wait a minute, how about Job, if you consider him? I mean, this is an incredible picture. God is going to begin a wager on one of his kids now. He's going to gamble a little bit. Satan says, yeah, that, that's not a secure bet because I'll win for sure. Job won't honor you. You let me take everything he has. And I'm telling you, God, he'll curse you to your face. And God said, put your money down. And they established the odds and went on with the experiment. You're all looking kind of nervous. This morning he said... Have you considered Mike Meeks? <laughs> the devil said, not a challenge enough. He said, well, how about Doug Muir? And he said, too much, too much. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I don't know how this works. I suppose you might call your name. They sure called Job's name. And God says you can take anything he has, but don't touch his life. So the Bible says that shortly after that, Job got bad news in very serious increments. Have you ever noticed the bad news comes in streams? How many of you know it doesn't just come and, and you know, doesn't disperse to ways you can usually assimilate well? Does it work that way in your life? Like bad news comes too fast, too much, too short? Have you guys ever lost anything? Anybody ever lost their mind or, you know, anything like that? How many have experienced loss in your life or something? Relation? Okay, good. How many of you was it hard for you to do that? Sure. Job gets word first off that there had been a lightning evidently strike out of heaven. Or, excuse me, rather some saving troops that attacked his family, killed some of them, a number of them. Killed all his stock, killed the donkeys. Killed his workers and his slaves. Then he got word that evidently lightning sliced out of the out of the sky and ignited some of the uh, range ground that he had his sheep on, and they were all exhumed in the flames. And then he hears that Chaldeans came and stole some more and killed more servants. And then he heard that his sons and daughters were partying in their in their summer villa. And a wind came and the whole thing crashed down on them, and they were smashed, crushed under the structure. He has nothing left except he and his wife and his dignity. He has nothing left. And here's his response. He fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall depart. Remember as he's saying, as Paul said, I came into this world with nothing, and I shall return in the buff too. And go back. And the Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Could you just say that phrase with me? The Lord gave... And the Lord has taken away. The name of the Lord be praised. He's just totally undaunted by this. Doesn't bother him. Not a problem. His Job saw all his material goods go. They still has dignity. So a few days later, the Bible says, Satan once again came by. And God says to him, where have you been? He's going to and fro. He says, you up for another bet? You know, last time he didn't blaspheme, he worshipped. And Satan says, yeah, but you let me touch his body and bring him disease and you bring him unto death. He'll curse you to your face, God, I'm telling you. And God said, put your money down, double or nothing. Double or nothing. And sure enough, Job is afflicted with boils. Anybody here ever had a boil? Don't tell us about it, but if you had one, you know. <laughs> This guy has boils head to foot. And that doesn't bother him so much, but his wife even says, Joe, I'm not taking care of you in this day. Just curse God. You must have done something really bad. And that's one of the things. People can really be helpful at your most painful moment. God must have really... You know, we, we like to sell this pablum that says that if you'll be a Christian, you won't have any more problems. Everything will go perfect. Promotions will come on a regular basis. You just whisper. Your kids say, how high? You know, you run, do whatever you want. Your IQ jumps 50 points. Come to Christ today, you'll never have any fear, any worry, any pain. Money, you go to the bank and wonder where it all came from on a regular basis. Deposits will be made mysteriously. And we sell this stuff. <laughs> and it's not the way it is. Suffering is an honor. 
Suffering is a vocation for the believer. But we don't teach this enough, so we don't feel at home with it, and we think something peculiar is happening. In fact, Peter said it this way. He says, when you suffer, don't think that it's odd. It's your call and honor to lose. The gift from God. Again, you're listening to a message I gave a while back called Overcoming the Fear of Loss. And, you know, you can listen to all our shows at Krista Radio. And the actual website you can hear the shows on is kcisradio.com. KCIS Radio. You go there, and you can hear every show we've done on here. Or you can go to my website, DougMurinRadio.com, DougMurinRadio.com. And you can also join in to the, with what is becoming a, a good group of people supporting us, helping us do a number of things besides the radio and different outreach, because we're about evangelism. One of the things I'm beginning to do is actually gather together young evangelists and help them get their ministry careers going. That's one of the things we're doing with the Murin Group. And so you can be part of uh, not just helping me, but helping start a movement of evangelism. Because I'll tell you what, there's not enough evangelism going on out there. So we'd love to hear from you, and I will send you that Bible if you can give to help us. God bless you. Caught on Tape with Doug Murin is a listener and friend-supported program. Your help with the show and expanding the evangelism events of Doug Murin is appreciated. You can write Doug Murin, caught on tape, at 1806 Fifth Street, Wenatchee, Washington, 98801. Or online at DougMurinRadio.com.